Amen, amen. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good, good. Everybody staying warm? Everybody good? Okay, all right, good. Well, I am so glad to be here this morning. I am excited to be able to bring the message, and I'm pumped up because I've been waiting on this day all week because today I want to tell y'all about something that has been on my heart for quite some time. God has made it really clear that now's the time to act and to move forward. So today I'm going to be asking some big things of you. I'm going to be challenging you. I've challenged myself as well and asking God to just move in mighty ways moving forward. So uh, that's where we're headed this morning. I'm, I'm so excited. So last week, Mark talked on, um, he talked about a whole lot of things and a lot of it hit home for me. And I want to reiterate, he really set me up in this series, The Bigger, uh, the Bigger Story, and it's amazing how God just does that. It, it, sometimes we don't even plan well. Uh, we're not always the most organized people. We have people to help us be organized, but God sets us up anyways, and, and, and it's just amazing how it all worked out. So he, he, he just struck home on a whole bunch of points for me that I want to reiterate this morning. One of the things that Mark said last week that I laughed about because it's true, is that sometimes him and I sit around and we come up with these big ideas, right? We're like, these are great ideas, but then we think, no, that's crazy. Like, that's too, that's crazy, that's too far off the wall. But then God starts to open the door, right? And he's like, no, nah, I want you to do this, and we're just crazy enough to step out in faith and do it. And so what I want to talk to you about this morning is one of those things. As most of you know, each summer we take our kids on a trip, right? We take our kids on a uh, alternating trip. The One summer we'll do a mission trip, the next summer we'll do a kind of spiritual growth trip. We go to Caswell. We've been doing that for quite some time, and it's awesome. And over two years ago, I, I started to have this nudging of the heart that it would be amazing if we could do two trips in one year. Like if we could have a spiritual growth trip in the summer and then some sort of missional-oriented trip in the winter or vice versa. But I didn't have any idea on how to make it actually happen. And so I kind of backseated this passion. You ever done that? Kind of put it in the backseat for now and we'll figure it out later. And so this summer, we go on a mission trip to Virginia Beach. And as any trip where you take like 40 kids anywhere, you have your challenges, Right. It's 40 kids, or maybe right under 40 kids, there's challenges, and it was an amazing trip, but it was a hard trip, it really was, and we learned a lot, and as we kind of struggled through the week, we started to all, as a group, all the team members that were there, all the, the chaperones, we had this, this heart feeling that we can take the same idea, the same concept of serving a local community, and we can bring it back to Lexington, and we believe that we could do it better. And so that just, that was kind of on our heart, right? And so we got back, I pulled the team together, and I was like, what do y'all think? Uh, we, we, we struggled, we, we did it, it was a good trip, but can we do it here? And everybody's like, yeah, we can do it here, we're good, like, it's, it's a good consensus, let's try to do it here, but let's do it in 2020. Like, we're not ready in 2019, there ain't no way we can pull it off, let's backseat it till 2020, and we'll figure it out. And so this was, this was the consensus, we just couldn't pull it off in 2019. And so I left that opportunity alone. But then one day, um, an opportunity came available. We, we have this wonderful, sweet lady who comes to our Wednesday morning Bible study. And Mark and Barry and I decided to go visit her one day. She was in a, a tough uh, season in their family life, a lot of things going on. So we went to visit her. And we, we pulled up to her house. And I instantly had all those feelings that I'd backseated for two and a half years come flooding back forward. It's like as soon as we pulled up to her house, God was like, this is it. This is it. This lady needs help. Her house needs help. Her yard needs help. This, this is it. You need to do it. And so it's like that heart beating moment, you know. I'm like looking at Mark. I'm like, Mark, we got to do something. Like we got we to gotta act. We got to do something. 
And so I thought about it. I prayed about it. I talked to Mark. I said, we, we've got to pull this off. So I pulled my, my leadership team in, and I said, I know we backseated this till 2020, but what do you think? This is an opportunity. Can we do it? And they're like, why not? Why not? I love it. I love that we have a leadership team that's as crazy as I am, and they're like, why not? And so let's just do it. Let's step out in faith, and let's do it. And so I knew 2019, here we come. So I'm so excited to announce that on January 18th through the 21st, we're going to be having a local mission trip here in Lexington. We're going to be working on this wonderful lady's house. We're going to be serving the surrounding community with food and love, and we're going to be just taking over here in Lexington. And I am so, so, so excited. We're going to be having a, a service every evening here for the kids during that time period. And so I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need your help in so many ways. It's not even funny. Like we're, we're, we're in planning mode right now. We're trying to pull the pieces together. And I'm so excited about how this is going to transform our youth group and how this is going to transform our church as a whole. And so I tell you all of this this morning because there's one piece of the puzzle that really needs to happen before any of this can move forward. As you see, we've been having around 50 kids on average on a Tuesday night. And 50 kids is a lot of kids. And we're also going to be inviting in a church from Charlotte that we've made connections with. They're going to bring like 15 kids or so. So we're going to have a whole lot of kids and nowhere to put these kids. So my challenge for you is that I need some of you to step up and be host homes. I need some of you who are having this heart-stirring moment, that, that heart-beating moment. You're hanging on to the seat, right? But... It's not going to happen unless we can find a place for these kids to stay. Because guess what? Staying 50 kids, 60 kids here in this building, it just, just wouldn't work. And so whether you can maybe host five kids or six kids or eight, maybe you feel like you can host 12. Maybe you feel like I can't host at all, I just want to serve. But I believe that some of you here this morning have this heart to love and, and to, to just support what we're going to be doing here moving forward. And so I just challenge you this morning as we go through this message to keep in the back of your mind the opportunity that we have before us to change uh, a lady's house, to change her heart, to move forward, to change this community, to start something new. But it's going to start with people stepping up to make this happen. So maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. So as we move forward, it doesn't have to be today, but as we move forward, just be praying and thinking on this. And it's an opportunity to serve. It's what Mark's been talking about the past couple of weeks. It's what I'm going to be talking about this morning, um, to serve and to, to love on the people that God places in our path. I also want to invite you another opportunity. If you're wanting to see and get to interact with these kids before, uh, before this, this mission trip, on November 10th, we're going to be going back out into the neighborhood. We did this a couple weeks ago, raking leaves in this community. We're going back out, so I invite you to come. Bring a rake, bring some yard gloves, and, and bring a good attitude to go out and serve. So on the 10th of November, 9 o'clock, we're going to be heading out. Another great opportunity to serve. So keep that all in mind as we move forward because I have something pretty, pretty exciting to talk about. Today, our message is on serving, obviously. It's where we're headed, it's what I'm asking you to do, and it's what we're going to talk about. And today's message is really simple. It's really simple. It's not hard to understand. It's not confusing. It's not hard to wrap our minds around. But what I found in life is that sometimes it's the simple things that are the most challenging. If I ever had that happen, it's like the simple things that for some reason we just can't grasp. They challenge us the most. It's the things that we sometimes bypass looking for something more complicated or something more tough because the simple stuffs are just, it's too hard to wrap our minds around. 
I know that's confusing, but I, I truly believe that's the case, and I believe it's the case with where we're headed this morning, because I want to go back to the basics. I want to go back to the core, the foundations of what we believe, and I want to bring out the importance of them. So today is, is simple, but it's so complicated. Um, I remember back in school, I hated math. I did. Anybody like math here? Anybody good? At, okay, so we got some. Who, anybody, everybody have a least favorite subject in school? Okay, okay, cool. So we all had a least. Math was my least favorite subject for some reason. I struggled in math. I really did. And, and what I found early on was that the core stuff was really important, right? You start off with addition and subtraction and then, you know, division, multiplication, and then you get into, like, basic algebra, and then you move on to, you know, pre-cal, and you've got geometry, and you've got statistics and calculus and trigonometry and so forth, right? But what I found really early on was that if you don't have the basics under your belt, you're not going to succeed. You're just not. Because the, the basic principles is what leads into the more complicated stuff. And I learned that if I didn't understand the basics, that I wasn't going to fail at the more complicated things moving forward. And this makes sense. Maybe you've experienced this in life before. You, you experienced it with a relationship. You've got to know one another before you can move forward in a relationship. The core principles are so important. Maybe it's your job. You've got to understand the core principles of your job before you're going to succeed in anything else. It makes sense. It's how this world works. And I want you to keep that in mind as we talk about the gospel this morning because it's the core principles that truly change this world, that change our lives. So keep that in the back of your mind as we move forward. So Mark's been talking about stepping out for the last few weeks, finding where Christ is moving and letting go of the seat and jumping in, just letting go, finding a place to be a part and jumping into what Christ is doing. And it's so exciting. I don't know about you guys, but there's a buzz going around here at Journey Church. There's this like hum, like this electricity. Every time I walk in, it's just exciting. And I hope you feel that too. I see lives being changed, this building's being transformed, uh, the community around us is being served and loved on, and, and, and we're seeing new faces each week, and it's just so exciting to be a part of what God's doing. The Holy Spirit's moving, and I'm so excited to see what God does next. But maybe you're here today, and you're not sure how to step in. You're not sure how to serve. You're not sure what God's calling you to do. Maybe you're here today, and you feel useless. Maybe you feel like you have nothing to give. But I want you to know that that's not the truth, that you have so much to give. And I think maybe, just maybe, you're not sure and you don't understand how to be a part of what's God, what God's doing. What God's doing maybe in your life, what God's doing here at this church, what God's doing in this world. Maybe you just don't understand. And I think the answer to that is really, really simple. And it all starts with Christ. I said we're going to go back to the basics. We're going to go to the very core foundation of everything we believe. I truly believe it all starts in believing in who Jesus is. That he is the son of God, that he's born of a virgin, that he died on the cross for your sins, and that three days later the grave couldn't hold him and he rose from the dead. He went to heaven to prepare a place for you and I, and he sent us this helper called the Holy Spirit to live in our hearts, to draw us close to God. It's amazing. And that's the basic, that's where it all starts. He's the beginning of true life. And un until you understand that, nothing else will make sense. We all have this hole in our heart that, that, that nothing in this world can fill. We see it. We see it played out over our entire, uh, entire world, people searching, filling it with money, filling it with worldly things, trying to fill the hole. But at the end of the day, the only one that will fill that hole is Jesus Christ. And all he asks for in return is that you believe. 
He wants a relationship with you. He wants to spend an eternity with you. And so he asks you to believe, to invite him into your heart. And then he sends that helper, the Holy Spirit, to build you up, to push you forward in your new life. And so this morning, inviting Christ into your heart is the first step. So if you're here today and you're like, man, this doesn't make sense. I've been coming to church, but I still feel empty. Like, what's next? Jesus is next. If you're here today and you don't have Jesus, that's where you have to start. You can't serve. You can't do anything productive in the kingdom of God without a relationship with Jesus. It's as simple as that. And so if you're here today and you're ready to make that decision, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, then just invite him into your heart. You can't move forward until he is at the center of your life. Invite him into your heart. Just close your eyes. Cry out to God. Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're not there yet. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Keep asking questions. Keep trying to search for Jesus and let him show you who he truly is. So the first step is inviting Christ into your heart. But what's next? You have Christ. Where do I go from there? Remember, we're going back to the basics. So where do I go from there? I want to read a passage that Mark ended with last week. We're going to really remain on this passage for the majority of our time this morning. It's Ephesians 4, chapter, uh, starting in uh, verse 11 of chapter 4. And we're going to read through this a couple times this morning. So let's, let's see what it says. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And I want to stop there. So what's next, we ask? Christ gives it to us. He says right here, he's given us these gifts to be a, a teacher, a pastor, evangelist, prophets, apostles, you name it. He's given you a gift. Christ has given it to us. He's already given it to us. If you have Jesus in your heart, then you have exactly what you need to move forward in his work and in his service. The NLT says, now these are the gifts Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to build up the church, to do his works. I love that. He's given you the Holy Spirit. He's given you a gift this morning to do his work. And what works are those? He says works of service. Works of service. And so maybe you came here this morning and you're like, nah, it can't be that easy. Like, it, it, can't, it can't be that easy, right? Like, it can't be that simple. You're telling me all he wants me to do is serve? Like, all he wants me to do is just to serve. It, it, it can't be that easy. You don't, you, he doesn't need me to understand everything about him before I move forward. Maybe you're like, he, he doesn't need me to read the Bible from cover to cover before I go and serve. And the answer, that's no. Maybe you're here this morning, you're like, there has to be more. There has to be something first that I need to do before I can go out and I can serve and I can share the gospel. And the answer to that is, yes, there is. Learn about his life. Believe in who he says he is, invite Jesus into your heart, and then go. As simple as that. We make it complicated, but Jesus is just making it so simple for us. Go out and serve. So if you're here and you want to make this complicated, you can. Because this is what God is telling us. It's not my words, it's his words. So when I said this morning that we're going back to the basics, we're going back to the core of what Jesus taught. Maybe you heard me say that and you checked out. Because you're like, I got it. I'm good. I don't need the core. This is not for me today. I'm going to think about the football game on today or the place where I'm going to go eat. I checked out. I'd ask that you check back in. 
Because sometimes it's the simple things that we need to hear the most. Sometimes it's the simple things that we miss that truly change our lives. So let's read through this entire passage again. Ephesians 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God become mature, obtaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of the people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I love this passage because it makes it so simple. You want to know what makes us the mature body of Christ? You want to know what makes us full? You want to know what changes this world? Christ lays it all out right here. We're made mature in Christ when we go out and we serve. By works of service, the church will become who the church is truly called to be. By works of service, we attain the full measure of Christ. No longer infants being tossed about by the waves. We build ourselves up in love, and each part does its work. Truly is that simple. And so my question for us this morning is, why have we avoided this? Why have we avoided what God's been calling us to do this entire time? Why are we still trying to find answers to problems in the world when Christ has given us the answer? We say things like, why is the church in decline? We ask questions like, why are people turning from God? We ask the question, why does the church have this terrible reputation? Or why do millennials think that Jesus isn't relevant anymore? And we say, man, if I only knew how to fix this, if I only knew how to change things, I would do it. Like, I'd step up, I would, I would change things for Jesus if I only had the answer. I'd fix it. The problem with this statement is that we already do have the answer. Jesus has already given us the answer. We'll change this world. We'll change the way people think. We'll change our reputation. We'll change the trend of the church by our service and our love to this world. We have the answer. So if you're looking for complicated, I don't think you're going to find it. Maybe, just maybe, we need to stop skipping over the basic stuff and just do what he tells us to do, to serve, to love, to take the gospel out to the end of the world. Stop trying to discover some new way of thought or decode the Bible, looking for some hidden truth when you already have the answer. To get to work, to share the gospel, to serve the people that Jesus places in our path, to grow in our relationship through service, through prayer, through time spent with God, through the core, through the basics of what Jesus taught. Get caught up in going out. You can study, you can search for deeper and deeper things, but until you're ready to put it into action, hear me loud and clear, it's going to do you no good. Until you're ready to put God's word into action, it's going to do you no good. One of the things that I hear often, Mark hears this too, some, is that I want to go deeper. Right? We have people come up to me like, oh, I want to I go deeper. And that's a good thing. Like, I want to I go deeper. Does Journey Church have anything that's not as surface level? Because sometimes, you know, like Mark and Matt, your, your, your messages are more surface level, and we do that intentionally because we want to teach the core basics. We want to reach a generation of people for Jesus Christ. But we hear this, like, do you have anything that goes deeper? And yes, the answer to that is yes, we do. 
And I, I think going deeper is great. It'll deepen your relationship with Christ. It, it, it'll deepen your faith. But I don't think we should go deeper at the expense of doing nothing. Let me say that again. I don't think we should go deeper at the expense of doing nothing. We've got to live out the simplistic gospel. Use your life to serve Jesus where he calls you to serve, and everything else will fall into place. You'll find balance. You'll grow leaps and bounds. You'll go forward. You see, at the end of my life, I don't believe that God's going to look down on me or talk to me and say, hey, Matt, can you repeat the Bible from beginning to end? Ready? Go! If I had that test, I'd fail it. (laughs) I don't think that's what he's going to say. You see, there's a difference between knowing the Bible and actually living out and believing it. We're called to live God's word, to believe it, to live it out, to equip his people for works of what? Works of service. These are the words of God, Matthew 25, 34 through 40. I believe this is the picture of the words that we'll hear from Christ if we follow the plan that he has for our life. This is so cool. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did, you, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did, you, when did we see a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see sick you sick or in prison and go and visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. Wow. You see, when you serve the people around you, when you humble yourself, you love people right where they're at, guess who you're loving? Guess who you're serving? Jesus Christ. You're serving your Savior. These are the words that I believe we'll hear before our Father in heaven. The day we see him. Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. I pray that I, when I stand before God on the day that I go home and I see my life before my eyes, I pray I see a big picture of service, a big picture of me kneeling down just like Jesus did, washing people's feet, getting into the dirt, getting into the grime, doing whatever it takes to share the love of Jesus Christ, serving, loving, going out, being who Jesus called me to be. It's truly that simple. I think we've made it more complicated than it has to be. You ask, what's my passion in life? What am I called to do? It's simply find a place to serve. Find a place to step in to be a part of what God's doing. Whether it's here, whether it's at your work, whether it's in these walls, outside these walls, but to serve where God calls you to serve. It truly is that simple. It's what God tells us will make us mature in him. It'll build the church to be the church that Jesus pictured when he looked at us. 
It's amazing. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this big picture of service and what God's calling us to do? Two things that I want us to do. First is step up and serve. Step up and serve. It's not what I'm asking you to do. It's, it's the words of Christ. Find a place in this world to serve. Love people right where they're at. Get connected. Find a place where God's moving and jump in. And then in conjunction with this, I want us to pray. I want us to pray. Pray, serve, serve, pray. Pray, serve, serve, pray. You say that with me? Pray, serve, serve, pray. It is that simple. It is truly that simple. Why do I say this? Because prayer is talked about over and over and over again in God's word. It's talked about how powerful it is. I truly think prayer is one of the greatest tools we have that we don't utilize to pray and to serve, to serve and to pray. There's tons and tons of passages on prayer through God's Word, but this morning I want to focus on one that maybe isn't as popular as the rest. It's from James, and it's been a passage that God's put on my heart for the past couple of weeks, and He's just been moving through this passage in my life. It's James 5, verse 16 through 18. And I love this. It says, Therefore confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. I think James is showing us here how powerful our prayers truly are. He says that if you're righteous, the the earnest prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. That if you're here this morning and you're righteous, and righteous is simply someone who has a relationship with Jesus Christ. We're not made righteous on our own or by our own abilities, but we're made righteous through our belief in Christ. Romans 5.1 tells us this. It says, therefore, since you've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done. We're made righteous by our belief, by our faith in Christ. So if you're here this morning and you have Christ in your heart, you're seeking to live your life for him, then your prayers are powerful and effective. You hear me? Your prayers are powerful and effective. I know a lot of times in my own prayer life, it it stinks, right? It's no good. James is telling me, hey, hey, don't you realize there is so much power in prayer to stop making excuses and just pray. Talk to your Father in heaven. He continues on in this passage. He says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. I love that. Elijah was an amazing man. He did so many amazing things, and guess how he did them? Through prayer. Through a prayer life that changed his world and changed his life. Here's some of the amazing things Elijah did. Obviously, he stopped rain for three and a half years. Anybody ever stopped rain for three and a half years? No, that's pretty cool. Then he started again with a simple prayer, and the rains came down after three and a half years. It's amazing. You know what else he did? He he called down fire from heaven. That's a pretty cool superpower. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, on an altar that was soaking wet, full of wood and this bull, and it just all burned up fire came down from heaven. He raised a little boy from death to life. He brought this boy back. That's, that's superpower, right? That's cool. That's cool stuff. Elijah 
<laughs> this is cool. Elijah's the only person in the Bible that didn't just die. He just rose to heaven. Like, one day it was his time. God came down in this, like, cloud of fire, and whoosh, Elijah went up to heaven. It's crazy. This man's life is just so amazing. It's amazing. So with all this, James is bringing Elijah back down to earth for us. It's easy to look at these biblical characters, and we see them, and we put them up on a pedestal. We're like, man, they have these unachievable powers. Like, if I could just tap into the powers that Elijah had, I'd change this world. If I could just tap into a little bit of his spirit, I would, I would change the world as we knew it. Right? As a kid, I'd look up the superheroes, Spider-Man, Superman, Batman. We all had a favorite. And I'd look at Spider-Man, if like, I had like webs, I'd be shooting them all over the place, I'd be swinging, I'd be stopping crime, I'd be climbing on buildings. If I had the powers of Superman or Spider-Man or Batman, I would change this world. I'd change it. We put them up on a pedestal. Man, if I could call down fire, if I could raise someone from the dead, they're so much better than I am. They're so much better than me. And then it hit me. And James is saying, hey guys, listen how he starts this. Elijah was a human being just like you and me. He was a human being just like you and me. Yeah, he was an amazing guy, but he was human. You may think he had some sort of superpower, but he didn't. He just knew how to pray. He knew how to trust in his Father in heaven. He knew what God was calling him to do, and he wasn't afraid to step out in faith and do it. Guys, Elijah, yeah, he's amazing. But his superpower was prayer. And it wasn't some special kind of prayer. It's the same prayer that you and I have. The same God that we serve today is the same God then. The same one that did amazing things through Elijah can do amazing things through you. But you just have to believe. Man, I, I wish I could say I had faith enough to stop rain for three and a half years. But it was what Elijah was called to do when he prayed and it happened. His superpower was prayer. The same prayer that you and I have. The earnest prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So if you're here this morning and you have Christ, your prayers are powerful and effective. So pray. Why don't we stop and pray in our busy lives. Just talk to God. So often I have free time and instead of stopping and praying, I pull out my phone and I pull up the news and it depresses me. Or I pull up some website with useless information and it gets me nowhere when in turn I could stop and pray and I could start to change the face of this world in my life, but I just don't. And Paul talks about that. Why can't I do what I want to do? Why can't we? Why can't we live the life that Jesus calls us to live? He's given us everything we need. He's given you the Holy Spirit. It's time to stop trying to get complicated and go back to the simple answer you already have, to go and serve and love and pray and be the church that Jesus calls us to be, to pray and serve and serve and pray. So we talked about two very simple things this morning, not complicated at all, and yet when I look at my own life and I ask, do I put it into action? The answer so often is no. But I believe this. I truly believe if churches everywhere could get these two things right, 
just two things right, pray and serve, serve and pray, two things that we could see a change of this world. I believe that we could see whole towns changed in the matter of weeks, needs being met, gospel of Jesus being spread like wildfire. In Acts 2, we see Paul sharing the gospel and 3,000 people gave their life to Christ and joined the church in one day. I believe that can still happen today. We have the same Holy Spirit, the same God, the same Savior. And so my question is, is have we neglected to realize the abilities we have in Christ? Have we ignored our calling? Have we gotten complacent in our actions? Have we let the worldly things seep into our heart to destroy our hearts of service and love, to make us resistible when we should be irresistible in Christ? Serve and pray, pray and serve. That's what we're called to do. I'm going to read this passage we started with one more time. We're in close up. And so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service. And works of service lead to this. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and a knowledge of the Son of God become mature. Attaining the whole measure in the fullness of Christ. Then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful schemings. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we'll grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, each part doing its work. It is that simple. It's the gospel. So why don't you step up? Why don't you join the team? Why don't you step out? Start today saying, I'm going to go where you call me to go, Jesus. I'm going to serve. I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to repeat. I'm going to serve. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to serve. And through this, we're going to see a world changed. Through this, we'll see the church explode. It's right here at our fingertips. God's ready to make a move. But are you ready to step up and be the action that he's called you to be? That's a choice we have to make. It's a choice that the church has been making, I believe, wrong for a really long time. And it's time to be different. And it's time to move in the power of Christ that he's given each and every person that's inviting, inviting him into their heart. Let's be the church that Jesus calls us to be, to pray, to serve, to serve, to pray. So let's close out in prayer this morning. Maybe this morning you've never prayed before. So I want to give you this moment to just pray. Whatever God's going to put on your heart, I want you to pray. Whether it's to invite Jesus into your heart for the first time. Whether it's to, to pray about the service opportunities that we have. Being a host home. Just being a part of this trip. Being a part of this church. But I just ask you to close your eyes. To bow your heads. And to pray whatever God puts on your heart. It's what Elijah did. And the world was changed. Just talk to your Father in heaven and let him, God, and direct you. So let's bow our heads and pray.
Father, as we lift up our prayers this morning, we know that you're hearing them. As you said, the, the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. And Lord, I'm so glad that we don't have to make our own selves righteous, that you do that work for us when we invite you into our hearts. That without you we're broken people, that with you we're people who can change the face of this earth to build your kingdom up. And so Father, this morning, maybe there's someone here who's inviting you into their heart for the very first time, and for that I celebrate. Because I know you're, you're celebrating their lives being changed, the hearts being transformed, the new life beginning, the eternity being sealed, knowing that they're going to get to spend an eternity in heaven with you, Lord. Celebrate. Father, I, I pray their prayers being lifted up today about service, about finding the place where you're calling them to move and to move, to give us the faith to step up and step out where you call us to. Father, help us to be bold. Help us to stop being complacent. Help us to stop being lazy in our spiritual walks and to start getting busy being the church. Father, we don't have to search for answers anymore because you've given them to us. It's time to get back to the basics. It's time to get back to the gospel truth of you, Jesus. And just simply do what you call us to do because that, that will change this world. That will change lives and hearts for you. So Lord, we love you. Move in mighty ways. Send us out doing your work and your will. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.